Well, I don't know about y'all out there, but the music today, the, the words, rich, rich, and it's theology, and it's truth. Um, challenge you all, maybe Perry can post up the lyrics somewhere for y'all. I challenge you to take these songs that have been sung today and as a, as a, as a Bible study. Yeah. Take the lyrics and go back and find where those are found in Scripture. Mm. Yes, you know I what love I mean? that. Because the one, you know, bids me take up my cross, come and die. Yes. You know, just that, that power of taking up the cross daily. And uh, just, just some rich stuff. Yeah, so, thanks for that last song. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I, that's, I never, that's an old yeah, classic. So great. Thank you so much for doing that. So welcome, everybody. Uh, we are glad that you all have uh, connected up with us here on the Facebook Live. Um, I saw somebody from Columbia showing up. I, uh, a buddy of mine I was talking to on the phone lives in lower Alabama. He said he was going to try to connect on, so we'll see if he actually knows how to do that. Um, no offense, Brad, but you're older than me. Is, is he on? Brad is? Brad and Joanne? Uh-oh. Somebody from Columbia, Tennessee. Yeah, Columbia, Tennessee. and Alabama. So anyway, thank you all for connecting up with us. We're going to um, be continuing really kind of working through the, the story of, of the passion, the whole death, burial, mm. and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We made the mm. connection last week with communion and what that looked over in connection to the Old Testament with the Passover. We're actually going to refer back to some of that today. Cool. So um, this is pretty powerful stuff that we're going to be in today because um, the, the, the working title that I have for this is The Amazing Facts mm. of the Cross. And so our two passages that we're going to be in today is Luke chapter 23, and we're going to initially read um, verses 44 through 49, and then we're going to jump ahead and we're going to land in the book of Romans chapter 3, and that'll be verses 21 through 26, and that's where we're going to kind of, kind of land and, and dig and, and go deep and um, just really pull out some amazing truth today. Cool. So, um, if you would, we'll go ahead and we'll read Luke. That just sets the stage of where we are in this story, um, culminating next week with Easter and um, Resurrection Sunday and the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, follow along with me if you have your Bibles. Uh, Luke 23, starting at verse 44. It was now about the sixth hour. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly, this man was innocent. Mm. Mm. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts, and all his acquaintances, and the woman who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, watching these things. I know, right? So, just right off the bat, just what kind of grabs you about this, Perry? Oh, so many things, but, I, you know, that they 
uh, return home beating their breath. Okay, so what do you think that means? What, I'm not sure. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, what, what does what, it mean? Yeah. So, so that, well, actually, in that, that is there, there's some interesting things that kind of come out from that, and, and I'm glad you landed on that as, as a starting point for this part. So when the crowds gathered to watch this spectacle, mm. who are those? Those are, the, the, those are the crowds that are literally like, hey, yeah. we get to watch another crucifixion. This is going to be fun, right? Yeah. So that's the crowds that they're talking about. Wow. And, and what, that, what that passage actually says right there, it says, when they saw what had taken place, those gathered for the spectacle. Again, just what a, what a horrible way to, to phrase the crucifixion. The spectacle. To many, it was just a spectacle, a spectator activity, wow. sporting event. Right, But it says, when they saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their breasts, that, that they were literally under conviction and, 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 in a sense, repentant of what they saw, what Jesus did. Even so much that we have record that the centurion himself glorified God. That's what that passage says. Glorified God and said, surely... This man was innocent. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that kind of grabbed me, where, where are Jesus' followers in this, in this event? What's it say at the very end? And all his acquaintances stood at a distance, stood at a distance watching. Mm. It's just, it, it, again, it's kind of a heartbreaker. Yeah. Kind of a heartbreaker, isn't it? So um, in, in flashing forward then, our, our goal is today to really kind of absorb and understand what the events and the facts around the cross mean for us today. So that's why we're going to fast forward and, and go to Romans 3. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and do that, if you would, please. Ah, taking up your cross daily, right? I yeah. just, I'm sorry, like that, fun, song, that song just is so, so yeah, powerful. Yeah, it is. I mean, and yeah. Again, I'm just, uh, it, it does it really hits me hard right now. It does. Taking up my cross daily. Yeah, yeah we were talking about that earlier when I, I said it sounds like fun, doesn't it? It's like we we really, honestly, when we grab a hold of that and know what that really means. Dying to self. Dying to self. There's a, uh, if you're honest, you it's know. It's painful. It's yeah, painful. it's painful. Yeah. yeah. So go with me to Romans chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 21. And I'm going to actually read it from over here just because it's a little brighter for me. But now, as a result of the cross, mm. but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through redemption that is in Christ Jesus, by whom God put forward as propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, He passed over former sins. There's the connection. Last week. Yeah, yeah. connection. Back. Yeah, exactly. It was to show His righteousness at the present time, 
So that's that's even applicable to today, right now, at the mm -hmm. present time. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Yeah. So, real quick, let's just pray one more time. Let's just let's just commit this this time of study back to God. Can we do that? Father, as 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 we truly dig into the Word, the Word became the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, oh, thank you so much. Holy Spirit, I pray that that these words are illuminated that that your clarity of the convicting power of the truth of Jesus Christ would change us would challenge us would encourage us and therefore commission us as disciples may this time truly bless and honor So the awesome facts around his crucifixion. That's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna dig today. So let's let's take a look at the first one. The first one, um, God's righteousness, think about this phrase. God's righteousness is now made real for all who have believed. That the work that, that Jesus did on the cross, that that righteousness that has been hidden. I mean, we've been waiting, right? They've the, the, the children of Israel. All mankind has been waiting. We were talking about that earlier, that the Old Testament is really all pointing to the work of Christ on the cross and, and, and his conquering of sin, death, and hell. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the cross makes real, makes clear, makes plain. That's what the word manifest means, is to make plain, make real. Okay, Makes real God's righteousness. For who? All who believe. And, and what, what a powerful phrase, because who all is going to be saved? Everyone who believes. believes. Everyone who believes. Everyone who hears and believes, right? It's oh. just so exciting. And um, he puts a little interesting dig right in here. Because he goes back, and we talked about this in our discipleship class um, in Galatians, that there's no distinction between Jew, Gentile, you know, male, female, and, and all of this. That there's no distinction. We are all... Sinners. We're all sinners. Mm -hmm. We all have a sin sickness yeah. that is that is fatal. Because the wages of sin is death. death. Okay? Another passage in Romans. But this goes on to say then that that the righteousness of Christ through faith for all who for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short. Of the glory of God not just a little bit short not just kind of off the mark but literally fall way short, short yeah. infinitely short from the glory of God there there's this chasm that cannot be crossed of sin and light yeah. and and sin created that separation that could not be crossed so our falling short is not just, oops, we've missed the mark by a tiny bit. Right? right? Yeah. We've missed the mark completely. completely. And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, gift of God. So we're going to talk about that, 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 what's next. 
So it says then the second part is, um, for there is no distinction, verse 23, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Check out what happens here. There's a comma in the English. We put a comma because we're, we're, we're sectioning off for this next phrase. So all who believe is the connection back. Okay, So, so the, the, the part of the verse that says in 22 that the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And now fast forward because we're, we're moving on in another thought, but it's connecting back. Right. and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So two words, justified and grace. We're going we're we're to land on that for just a second. Um, in, in, in your studies, what, what does justified mean? Just, just your, own, your own definition. Um, made right as if I had never sinned. Okay, so that is so right. Um, one, one of the studies says this. It says that you have been declared not guilty mm. by the divine judge. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we've been not only got out of it, got out of the ticket, right? Exactly. No, no. We've been declared not, not guilty. guilty. Everything that's happened in the past, we are now declared not guilty. Wow. Wow. Even though it's very evident that we are guilty. For the wages of sin is death. death. So the death sentence has been pardoned by the work of Jesus Christ. And we are justified. We are declared not guilty. That's how powerful that is. It's just, wow, wow, so amazing. So, so what's the connection then? It says, and are justified by his grace. What is grace? What is grace? So, so unmerited I, favor. Unmerited favor. I, I learned that love is expressed three ways. Okay, long ago I learned that love is expressed through justice, mercy, and grace. But it's still all God's love. Wow. Yeah. Justice says we get what we deserve. It's still loving. We get what we deserve. Mercy says we don't get what we deserve. But grace says we get what we don't deserve. deserve. We get what we don't. And what do we get? Well, if you look in that passage, um, and I did this in my, in, in my Bible, so, so you may want to do this, that I circled the, the word justified, um, and, and I drew an, area from, an arrow from the phrase that says, for all, who, for all who believe are justified, okay? And then by his grace, I drew an arrow back up to something amazing. It's called righteousness. That the gift we get is righteousness. The, the, the grace that comes is righteousness. Now, we've got, we got to talk about that for just a second mm. because there, there's, a, there's a, a phrase um, that has been thrown around. It's not actually in Scripture, but the phrase is imputed righteousness. And what that means to impute something is to ascribe or attribute something to someone. And here, here's a great way of thinking it. When we place our faith in Christ, God ascribes the perfect righteousness of Christ to our account so that we become right in his sight. So, so not only are we not guilty, we're declared right in the sight 
of God Almighty because of Jesus Christ. So, so think about this as, as you process that through. Grace, getting that which we don't deserve. Okay? Mm. Being made right. By what standard? What standard are we made right? Are we made right by, by a couple of other good guys in our life that are just a whole lot better than you and I are? Like, 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 you know, like I could go, wow, you know, I'm a whole lot better now. I'm kind of a lot more like this guy so-and-so. Or, yeah. or so-and-so yeah. or, or this guy. Man, I've been reading a lot of uh, um, A.W. Tozer. I've been reading a lot of this. I've been, And, man, wow, I'm kind of like on par now with him. Whew, that's not the righteousness we've gained. What righteousness has been imparted, imputed, given to us? It's the righteousness Christ. of Christ. So listen to that definition again. And that's, that's why this understanding of grace, I like, to, I like to call it lavished grace. It's over and over and over. It's overboard. I mean, it's literally overboard grace because what do we get? We get Christ's righteousness. Mm-hmm. That we get put upon us something from someone else, and that is Christ's righteousness. That's what the cross did. That's what the cross does for you and me. Mm-hmm. So, so we have we have grace because we're justified. So the next phrase that we're going to dig into, as you read on through the rest of, of verse twenty-four, Perry and, and all y'all out there, um, says, "And are justified by His grace as a gift. What through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." So this literally, the redemption, is actually hearkening back and bringing us back to the Passover. Because the word redemption is, um, is, is a phrase that says this, liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. And, and we understand this because the, the story that, we, that we've got from the Old Testament with the Passover there was blood that had to be paid, yeah. right? That these animals had to pay with their lives. These the, the, the lamb had to be had to be slain, and the blood as a payment so that the angel of death would pass over those homes. And in faith, we said we're going to pass over our home, our our people and save us. So the ransom had to be paid. It was non-negotiable. The, 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 the sin that we all have committed that has created this separation, there has to be a ransom that is paid. And we were talking earlier, um, remember we were talking in, in, in Genesis where it says that um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. for, foreshadowing the work of Jesus Christ goes all the way back even to Genesis 3. So in Genesis 3, he's talking to the, um, the serpent, and he says, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and her seed. You will bruise his head, or, or you will, he, he will bruise your head. Prophesying the Messiah's coming. Okay, he's going to take his heel and squash your head, serpent. It's a mortal blow. It's a mortal blow to sin. Mm. Okay? You will bruise his heel. You will have a momentary effect on her seed. Momentary. Uh, Temporary. Just a bruise. Just a bruise. 
<laughs> yeah, right? Isn't that so cool? But then it moves on to the next part of the, the passage there at the end of, of, of Genesis. And what, what did he do for Adam and Eve? The end of, of chapter 3, what's it say? Uh, he took skins, animal skins, and covered them. So it was the first, first sacrifice. sacrifice. So again, a ransom had to be paid. Yeah. A ransom had to be made. But that ransom back there that God did first was a foreshadowing of what the Lamb of God Amen. was going to do. Yeah. And, and, and what did they do with the skins? They covered themselves. They covered, themselves. They covered their sin. They covered their sin. They covered their shame. Yeah. Wow. I know, right? The so first covenant. Just, oh, this is such a, so, so all of this is pointing to the work of Christ on the cross. Where he said, this is my body which will be broken for you. And this is my blood, the new covenant. Ugh. Isn't that exciting? It is exciting. Isn't that just so amazing? So as we move on and understanding that there's an imputed righteousness because of the work of Christ on the cross, we are now getting his righteousness being made right. The grace is that it's Christ's righteousness that's put upon us, which is which is infinite grace, over, overflowing grace, lavish grace, right? Yeah. But it, it is because we're justified, because we're no longer guilty. We've been declared not guilty by the divine judge, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. So we've talked about redemption and the, and the Passover and the liberation procured as a payment for his ransom. Mm. So let's move on. Verse 25, whom God put forward as propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So we're going to hammer on that word for just a minute, and it's hard for me to say because it's just a tongue twister for me. <laughs> propitiation. 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 Yes. <clears throat> and, and there are some that actually take that word and... and Try to wrap around it what they what they actually think that it means. <clears throat> the word propitiation can can literally be trans translated as as another word expiation, which means the wiping away of sin. But it was more so than that, and this is what the ESV says. But the word cannot be restricted by the wiping away of sin, as it also refers to the satisfaction or appeasement of God's wrath. Justice. Love demands justice. So, so, so there you go. That that's kind of that understanding that that God in His infinite love for us, justice is is part of that. That literally we should be justly condemned. Yes. And it would still be loving. Absolutely. God would still be perfectly loving in that, because He would be justified in His holiness. To, to render that judgment. Yes. Okay? So so there is a wrath, there is a there is a righteous eternal anger that God has toward sin. You, you, you see what I mean by that? Yes. And that, that's powerful. I mean that that's this this is intense stuff in this small amount of time that, that we're reading just this little passage about the work of Christ on the cross. That there is an infinite wrath because of sin that separates. And that wrath is, is there. Yes. So it goes on to say that, that whom God showed, or I'm sorry, 
whom God put forward as propitiation by his blood, that is the blood of Jesus Christ, to be received by faith. It's the satisfaction of God's wrath. And, and, and as I was doing some studying, I came across a, an interesting little passage um, that, that talks about this, this wrath and, and the cup representing the, the wrath that was going to take. So turn with me to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. guys still following us out there, right? We all there? All right, cool. So this was to fulfill the word that had been spoken, and this is at verse 9. Of those whom gave me, I have not lost one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, got to love Simon Peter, got to love him, drew it and struck the high priest's servants, the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear only mentioning of this guy in all of scripture yeah. and, and he gets his ear cut off but what does but what does Jesus do Heals him. one more miracle yeah one more miracle to prove he's God isn't that amazing that in this loving moment he heals his right ear so Jesus said to Peter put your sword into its sheath listen to what he says next this question to Peter shall I not drink the cup of that the Father has given me? Jesus, understanding and knowing the plan, yes. is saying, I am obedient to God. Peter, you think that with your little sword, we're gonna we're gonna rebel against this little this little insurrection here. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fight back and, and we're just gonna just start start conquering. He said, he said, shall I not drink of the cup that the Father has given me? And listen to this note. Jesus suffered the agony bearing God's wrath, which was poured out on him as a substitute sacrifice and in payment for sins. Have you ever been in trouble? By your dad. Oh, that—that—that's not bad. That's not—that's not bad. You know what was bad for me was when my mom would say, "You just wait till your dad gets home." Mm. Yeah, I never liked hearing that. No, no. Why? Because then it, yeah. Because he's gonna lower the boom, and you know it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know that what's coming home is wrath. He still loves me. He's still my dad. But I was a bonehead. I was an idiot picked on my little brother, I played ball in the house and broke an antique lampshade. Drove a three-wheeler Sorry about the doing that, Mom. But <laughs> drove a three-wheeler three through, through the, the barn. Yeah. A, three-wheeler is just a death sentence anyway, but right through the barn. You, you survive. Oh, yeah. But that, that whole understanding of wait till your father gets home, that, that wrath that was coming, the punishment that you know is coming, the agony that you are having there waiting and knowing the boom is going to get lowered. Mm. 
while Jesus was on the cross. He was literally suffering in agony over God's wrath. While he was alive and on the cross, think of God as being infinite, right? One of the characters and natures of God is he is infinite. Therefore, his wrath is infinite. It's not, not just a, well, I'm, 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 a little, I'm a little ticked off at you right now for, for running through that barn with, with the three-wheeler, but it's an infinite wrath from an infinite God who is infinitely just and loves us perfectly, but demands satisfaction. So the propitiation that was put forward, okay, it says, it says, put forward as propitiation that what Jesus did on the cross by, by spilling his blood <coughs> satisfied that wrath. That only a perfect God could do. Only the perfect sacrifice could do. So going all the way back to Genesis... When, when, when God Almighty does the first sacrifice and takes these skins and, and gives them as, as covering, as clothing, what wasn't, wasn't the perfect sacrifice? That animal wasn't the perfect sacrifice. It was innocent, only, but not Only the temporarily covered the shame. Right. We see the Passover, the covering, the painting of the blood on the doorpost. And all of these lambs that were slain so that this blood could be put on the doorpost still wasn't enough to satisfy the wrath of God. Only one. So Christ's suffering on the cross was, was, was automatic because he knew the wrath that was coming. So when he says that in John to Peter, he says, should I not take the cup that the Father has for me? Like, you can't stop this. I'm not going to stop this. I'm going to be obedient even to the point of death on the cross. I'm going to be obedient to that. And so he said, I'm going to suffer. So not only was he physically suffering the lashes, the beating, the pain of, of the crucifixion in and of itself, the actual painful act of crucifixion, but he was suffering in agony over God's wrath wow. that demanded satisfaction. You know, that reminds me of we're children, we were <clears throat> children of wrath, is that in Galatians? And I don't know if, if you can remember that far back for, for me before I was saved yeah. and how meaningless and hopeless my life seemed and how it just it was dark and yeah. that's just a little taste of what Jesus had to endure there yeah. that wrath of God yeah. being on him but all of it right there yeah isn't that amazing so as we finish that part of that passage it says so the propitiation by his blood at verse 25 to be received by faith this was to show God's righteousness once again and it is perfect God's righteousness is perfect, mm -hmm. okay? Because in his divine forbearance, he passed over the former sins. 
that the sin that, that, that Jesus took upon the cross, he was able to pass over that. And his wrath was satisfied. His just judgments yes. are satisfied. Once your enemy now seated at your table. Isn't that amazing how the songs today just Amen. just really echo the truth of this of this passage? It's just so exciting. So then it goes on this last little part that I want to bring to you is um, it was to show so past tense that that even going back all the way to Genesis Genesis three all the way forward all of those passages that point forward to the work of Jesus Christ it says. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So this last little phrase, just and justifier. This is what I think is amazing. So this all points back to imputed righteousness. Okay? Because, because how just is God? How just is God? Is he sort of just? The highest just. He is the only just. The only just. He is perfectly just. Yes. Right? Again, his love is perfect. His love manifests in justice, mercy, and grace is still love. And it's perfect. Right? Right. He is perfect. He is in heaven in perfect worship, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, in their perfection. They have no need of anything. Their worship is perfected. They are perfect. So therefore, just. So it's perfect. So, so when you think of that, you think of the word just, you think of, of the bar that's been set. Here's my justice. Here, here's my bar. Where's God's bar? Where it's, it's, it's infinite. It's not even attainable by us. Right. Even, even if we thought we could, we can't. Because his justice is perfect. So it says that he might, so, so, so all of this is, is, again, flashing forward to where we are today that because of everything of the work on the cross and, and, and everything that Jesus Christ has done is at this present time so that he might be just, so that we go, oh, we, we have a glimpse of who God is. He is just. Yes. But not only is he just, he is now also the justifier of, of the one who has faith, faith in Jesus. Which points back to Abraham. In my mind, I think of that automatically. The man Abraham. of faith. Yeah. 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 So, <clears throat> what is our faith? It's in Christ. My faith alone is in Christ alone that he is Lord, that he suffered and died on the cross. Mm -hmm. He is King of kings and Lord of lords and is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for us. And I believe that in faith. And my faith has made me right. Yes. Christ's righteousness has been put upon me. Wow. So church, be encouraged by that today. As, as, as we wrap this up, be encouraged that the work of Jesus Christ on the cross wasn't just a spectacle, wasn't just a show 
wasn't just another Religious killing. Thing. Wasn't a killing that, that the Romans got to enjoy. It was the perfect work of Christ satisfying a righteous wrath that demanded a ransom for you and me for yeah. sin. And he did it because he loved us. Amen, right? Yeah, that God doesn't change. When he says the wages of sin is death, it is. It is, it is. Yeah. So, so as we wrap this up, I, w I want you all for this next week to hang on that, okay? To hang on this passage, to hang on the passage in Luke, because it's leading up to the resurrection. And so the story gets completed next week. So, in this literal Passion Week, I really just encourage you to hang on the story up until the resurrection. Okay? Go back and read it. Go back and read each of the accounts in the Gospels of, of the Passion Week. All of it. There's some, there's some amazing story Absolutely. and truths that are found in there. And, and just really dig into that. And then prayerfully come together excited about Resurrection Sunday and, 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 and the truths we get to hear that complete all of this mm -hmm. in our lives as the body of Christ. So, so that's all I've got. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot, a to, lot chew to chew on this and, week. And awesome. I just want you to be encouraged by that. Um, would you Would you be willing to, to close us out with one of one of the songs? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. You know, um, which which one are you thinking? Oh. See if we're on the same. Thomas was back there waving. Number four. Oh. See, Thomas, we didn't even ask you. So although you are valuable yeah. and I think you're so, right. Let's let's go ahead and um, let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you. You loved us that much. That you didn't even blow off taking that cup you said shall I not take this cup that the father has prepared for me you knew what was at stake and you did it thank you God thank you so much that because of Jesus Christ we've been declared and made right you've rendered judgment and it is not guilty Spirit, thank you for illuminating your word. Thank you for moving in our lives. Thank you for guiding and directing and counseling. 